Hello, magical babes, and welcome to another episode of the Life with Libby podcast. Today, I have one of my beautiful friends, Alessandra Moon, here with me. She is, um, uh, excuse me, she's a women's empowerment specialist, a psychic, a witch, and a healer. So she is absolutely divine. I'm so excited for her to speak with you guys. Alessandra, welcome to the Life with Libby podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's pleasure to be here. So excited. So Alessandra, take us through, like, this is amazing. Like you're uh, empowering women through really your psychic abilities, through um, your witch witchcraft. Is that how you call it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah. I don't want to be saying the wrong things. I'm like, I love practicing. I'm like, I love magic, but I don't know what people, you know, have their own like labels that they like, yeah. but take us through the journey of how you went, how did this all start for you? Cause most people don't raise their kids. Like you are a psychic. And I think I would have raised my kids that way, but I'm not going to be a normal mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I was actually very lucky. Um, I was always brought up in a spiritual environment. Um, my parents were very open-minded and my mum's side of the family, um, are, they're a long, come from a long line of Siberian shamans and medicine, men and women wow. um, and from the Siberian side. And then as well, going back on my grandmother's side, the Celtic, folk magic and all of that sort of thing so I always say that my grandmother um, was a witch in denial <laughs> she was always doing that sort of thing and teaching spells and chants that weren't spells or chants like she just sort of you know you just came natural to her yeah um and so my abilities just started um, naturally developing from a very, very young age. Um, and my mum and my mum's family and my father just sort of nurtured and encouraged that, um, helped me with my studies as well as researching our own family history. And it all just sort of flowed and developed. So by the time I was in high school, I was, yeah, like full time practicing witch. <laughs> That's incredible. And so did the psychic abilities and, you know, practicing your witchery, did that all just kind of flow together at the same time? Um, yes, there were a few, um, oh, I don't even know how to really explain it. I guess there were times when the psychic abilities would come on a little bit too strong and a bit too quick. And, you know, I'd freak out and freak my parents out and we'd sort of go down the road of is it mental illness like what's going on and I guess because mm. I never really fit in and so I went through a lot of bullying and all of that sort of thing as well so that came into play um as well um but yeah it was sort of yeah it, it I wouldn't say it it all came together and flowed naturally and easily um, but it was a progressive process and after a while the pieces of the puzzle just sort of started coming together and sticking. Mm -hmm. That's interesting that you say that you were bullied because I was actually going to ask you that especially because you say you know like I'm in a teenager and you're doing something that so seems so taboo 
to most people, right? It seems, and it seems very scary. For me growing up, I grew up in a very strict Christian home and anything that was not like Bible was, was, what was witchcraft was satanism and it was and witchcraft just had the worst connotation to it it was like if you touch that you're going to hell get your palm read hell you're going to get demon possessed and i wonder if that's a narrative narrative that a lot of people believe and i believed it for a long time until i was like i'm just gonna dabble and then i just kept dabbling and dabbling and now i'm like i'm a modern mystic mystic like i'm a witch I do these weird things and now it's just it feels like second nature to me yeah absolutely when you um, wake that yeah, up yeah you're absolutely right um there was a time at high school I think I was in year eight or nine when some of the you know the popular good catholic girls literally set me on fire in the playground oh my gosh yeah so it was Wow, really get your pitchforks, people. Oh, yeah. Damn, yes. didn't know we were still in the 1800s. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, but, you know, and I, I myself, because we're brought up in that patriarchal Christian mm-hmm. society and world, mm-hmm. and so I even questioned it at times. Am I evil? Like, is this evil? Am I worshipping the devil? No, I don't even believe in the devil, but... that was a huge that was a huge moment in my life when I was like oh I don't believe in Satan anymore (laughs) like okay so hell doesn't cool 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 I'm good because then you that really all the devil and hell are there for is to program shame Mm -hmm. and to program fear yeah so you don't tap into these beautiful things tapping into Gaia or you know Uh receiving messages and being one with with other people, one with the world, one with the planet, one with the universe. It stops us from that because it keeps us in those boxes. Mm -hmm. But that's amazing, you know, that you feel like, I mean, not amazing, it's amazingly sad that society had made you feel like not, not even just an outsider, but evil. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so common. Um, And later on when I was working in, mental health it is so devastatingly common for young people especially girls who are fine that they have these beliefs and abilities and you know are naturally drawn to like the wicca religion paganism and and all of that sort of thing fully believe that there's something wrong with them and they're evil and then that it eventually eats them away inside and mm-hmm. they end up taking their own lives and it is just it shouldn't be that way it's absolutely heartbreaking yeah you know? and thinking that you're crazy because you're like oh my god I'm hearing voices or I'm hearing this I'm being schizophrenic I had this um this um high epiphanies I always get these weird epiphanies when I smoke weed and I don't like smoking weed anymore because I get too paranoid now which I hate because I used to love weed so much and now I can't touch it because I just like I just get so paranoid or I can only do it if I'm like by myself in my room watching a movie that's it like I don't want to be around anybody but I had this thought and I was like okay all of the really um famous pastors that I had known or had come to my church or had on TV or whatever, 
they have the same spiritual abilities and gifts, but they're praised for it where other people are called crazy. And so I was like, I wonder if that's really like, okay, you have to fall, you have to be a man, one, to speak to um, other beings like angels or deities. And you have to follow, you know, a Christian or Catholic faith in order to be more saint-like. But if anybody else has these gifts and abilities, which burn her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could go right into that and go on a big rant. That's something that really, really, yeah. Because mm-hmm, then I thought um, like, nobody thinks this person is crazy. Yeah. Like I... I worked for a pastor um, in Brisbane, actually, and I, I loved my time there. I had an amazing time. That's amazing, an amazing church. Um, but he had these incredible stories. Like, he'd gone to heaven. He had gone into different dimensions in the Bible. Like, these really beautiful stories. And, like, I, I believe that they happened for him. Like, I don't doubt them. Yeah, yeah. But if somebody else was to say, like, oh, I went into this dimension or this other reality then it's evil somehow yeah. like how is it not the same yeah you know patriarchy is fine fucking patriarchy <laughs> that is my that's literally my biggest thing that i hate the most is uh-huh. patriarchy because oh god just all of it is so horrible and disgusting Yep. If you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, this is extreme. This is, this is just me. This is who I am. <laughs> if you like the patriarchy, this is probably not the podcast for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's, let's move on. We know that we don't like the patriarchy. Uh, okay. So you develop these gifts. Now, can you explain to me what these gifts were? What kind of psychic gifts were you getting? And because there's so many different types so what kind of psychic gifts have you developed? Oh, okay. Um, I think the first thing to come through was probably um, clairvoyance and precognition. Um, so I was just getting these momentary flashes of things that were about to take place. Um, and even though it was like a nanosecond, in that flash so much would play out it was like it was huge you know um and it was terrifying because it was always negative things um and i didn't know how to control it at first um and so yeah then it was um the hearing it's really hard to explain i don't want to say hearing voices because it's not kind of like that it was just like these thoughts coming into my head almost like you know when we talk to ourselves in our heads but it wasn't Mm -hmm. my voice yeah um you know things like that and seeing spirits I've always had uh lots of spirit friends and um yeah like there was just so many things but they would come and go and change and develop and it's yeah it was really intense and sometimes I would rely on some ability that I had and I would try and tap into that and it wouldn't be there anymore and it wouldn't come back for years and years and years it'd be something completely different so yeah it was um it was very strange until I learned to actually gain some sort of control over it it was 
So how do you do that? How do you gain that control? It started with just meditation, Um, just, you know, calming myself, centering myself, uh, that stillness and gaining control over my own mind and my own thoughts. Um, And then working with spirit allies and spirit guides. Um, That was when I also started practicing my shamanic work and shamanic journeying. and that sort of helped a lot. I think everything just kind of took off in leaps and bounds after I tapped into that. Um, wow. So, yeah, but I think it all comes down to the meditation and control and stillness. Yeah, isn't it fascinating how much meditation does for you? Just still, like, it changes your neural pathways, it calms your central nervous system. And it changes your frequencies. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's incredible. <laughs> I so, think that's something that should be taught in schools. Absolutely. Also. And some schools are starting to like, you know, um, having, you know, self-awareness is really starting to become an, like a big thing. And uh, I even saw somewhere that is in a school, instead of getting detention or getting kicked out of a class, if they're being like a little crazy, they send them to go for meditation. So then they go to a meditation room and they have to just be still. I'm like, oh, that's so great. That's fantastic. I'm like, that would have been so fun. And just to learn that at such a young age, right? Like, yeah. honestly, I just started meditating a few years ago and I'm like, man, what if I started when I was a kid? This would have been so much greater, yeah. but that's okay. I've made huge leaps and bounds, like massive. So, okay. Yeah. Tell me about the shamanic work. How does this, like, I'm like, you're so, um, you've got so many things going on. There's, I could just talk to you forever. Think what that kind of came about um, through one of my spirit guides that I was working with, um, Gabriel. He he was kind of teaching me these things. He was like he was a teacher in the spirit world, and so he was one of my my biggest greatest mentors. Did you ever see um, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like many many years later, I found out that he is actually my grandfather's father who died just after my grandfather was born so I guess technically he's not a you know proper spirit guide in that way but he is to me yeah he's like your little he's your personal angel yeah really guiding and protecting you yeah absolutely um and so of course like he and his family he was the family shaman um and I think it was with him that it ended he was the last one of the line because then you know that was during um the russian revolution and all that went down um but yeah so he was just sort of teaching me these things and i was going along doing them and didn't know if it was real if i was imagining it like it was just so incredible it was like what the fuck like is this for real um and yeah and then later through study i found out like that it was actually a thing and it was shamanic journeying and um so yeah I did courses and studied with humans <laughs> and learned more and more and delved deeper and deeper and yeah it's just sort of progressed and I've um I've developed my own um my own techniques and fusion so I sort of um 
I incorporate Reiki and other moda healing modalities and witchcraft and all sorts of things like my whole bag of tricks I just put it all together and use it all um, you know to heal others heal myself it's very high priestess like <laughs> right very you know Rod Lou taking things that you've like okay well I, I find the high priestess like I just adore her but really to be that like bringing together of the things right she has that duality aspect and I love that you know bringing together all these things that you've learned and she's the priestess a priestess is like a shaman that's you baby girl <laughs> yes you take her too she's my favorite I always look up to her I'm like what more can I learn from you like in, in kind of in the way that um Christians have the like what would Jesus do yeah I'm like what would high priestess do <laughs> like how can yeah, I'm like, how can you show yourself more through me? And that's what I also heard, you know, um, the alchemist is like a big, big one for me. Um, and I think anyone who like likes witchcraft is really aligns also with the alchemist, right? Um, yeah, for sure. So in your shamanistic work, if you're doing healing for somebody, let's say, okay, I'm just going to throw something at you. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Okay, perfect. So let's say somebody's like, look, I've got this muscle pain. I don't know what's what it is, but I need it healed because it's like draining the life out of me. I can't go to work. I can't do this. What what would you do? Um, all right. Well, if all right, say say it was you. You know, okay. we're on different sides. Yeah, let's just do this. Yeah. Yep. I'd um I'd help you to get into a nice, calm, meditative state. Um, not that you personally would need the help, but anyway. Um, and then I would go in and I would journey and I would travel to where you are um, and I would sort of investigate from a physical, well, etheric, physical, uh, I don't even know how to put it into words, from where you are, like investigate your body and your energies from where you are. Then I would journey into one of the worlds, probably the lower world, um, and I would contact your spirit helpers, your ancestors, see what was there. There's always more to it. It's always deeper than just the physical pain that we feel. Oh, yeah. Physical ailments, you know, there's always more to it. Um, and often I'll find out something like, um, you know an ancestor or someone from a past one of your past lives like you from a past life I mean um, had your limbs torn off or something like as a punishment or something like that and so then I will heal that life then I will come back through and I'll see what's there there could be entities there could be bugs there could be um, energetic tears there's all sorts of things like yeah it's it's never a, a set way of doing things. It's sort of, I'm, whatever I'm drawn to, whatever I'm led to is where I'll go and whatever I'm told. Yeah, so it just depends person to person really. But, that's sort of but I think that's why it's so amazing that you have like your bag of many tricks mm -hmm. because you're like, hey, well, hey, I'm not finding something here. Maybe there's something here. I was just, uh, talking to someone the other day about uh generational 
like gener well we we grew up calling them generational curses and i don't really like that terminology um but i don't know a better word for it yeah but when like you know maybe my parents had done something or my grandparents and then that just kind of gets passed down through the genes do you do work with that can you talk a bit about that absolutely yeah that's that's one of the um probably the last 12 months that's something that has there has been a higher demand for i guess because it's becoming people are becoming more aware of that um and so it's it can be a very traumatic process for people um same with like past life regressions and things like that um because the the way that people lived and the things that people went through in times past like it was like from birth to death it was traumatic for a lot of them um and so it can be very painful but um i when i'm doing that work with people i try and soften the blow as much as i can and just do it like bit by bit so i'll spread it out over say 10 sessions to, to heal one thing um because it can be very very intense and we can go in and work on you know this particular cause of this generational curse or, or whatever that we think we're working on mm -hmm. and it's just going to open up a whole new bag of things that need to be worked on so it's yeah it's never as <laughs> Hello, magical babes. This might be a crazy thing to think about, but there was a time where I literally had nothing. I did not know where I was going to sleep, where I was going to go in the morning, where I was going to shower. But you know what, sweetheart? I, in my worst place ever, was able to manifest $4,000 and I was able to get myself my own apartment. That was a huge, huge deal for me back then. And that might not be so big to me now, but not knowing where I was gonna sleep to having my very own place was a quantum leap. And babe, you do not need to be like me and wait until you have nothing to have something. You can really have everything that you want now. I want you right now to take a moment to experience within you what it would feel like to have so much self-worth that you trust yourself at the very core of you to go forward and start that business, to bring in more money, to put money away for your child's education, to put money towards your dream car and your dream house. What would it look like for you to clear out decades of emotional debris? That would mean addressing and deleting all of your trauma and shame. And instead of that, being filled with divine love and abundance that infuses every cell and every part of your soul. How would it feel to really uplevel your wealth consciousness so that your reality reflects your current dreams making your dreams reality is all about matching your self-worth with your desires it's all about creating space for abundance 
And in order to do this, you need to release the old patterns and old ways of beings that are really stealing your finances. Baby, it is time for you to rise up in your soul purpose and make a hell of money doing it. The reason you're not living in this experience is because your self-worth is not in alignment with what you truly desire. And every day you're buying into these lies that you're not good enough, that you're too much, too little, not talented enough, not brave enough, too weak, don't have enough money. The problem does not lie in your subconscious mind, but actually in your subconscious where they show up in your life as fear, resistance, and ultimately self-sabotaging behavior. And this is really costing you your freedom, your sanity, your health, your finances, your confidence, your happiness, maybe even your marriage and relationships. It's costing you your ability to experience life to the fullest. So instead of manifesting greatness and riches, you end up manifesting the same lack, the same scarcity, the same illness, and more famine. So you know that the key to manifesting more abundance and love and finances and purpose is to raise your self-worth by loving yourself into alignment with your desires. And when you love yourself, you become magically magnetic. Imagine you could just book a flight to your favorite beach without worrying about how much it costs, attracting the sexiest partner who's just as woke as you, being so confident that money flows to you by you simply being you. See yourself walking with freedom in any outfit, anywhere you go. Others are stunned by your beauty and power that you walk with. See yourself knowing your sole purpose and intuitively knowing how to create cash flow, becoming your most expansive and divine self and living in your divine riches. You've got to clear out the beliefs you currently have, baby girl. And if you are saying enough is enough and you're truly ready to ascend in your divine birthright of living in magical abundance and manifest everything you desire because your self-worth matches it, it is time for you to jump on a call with me so you can see exactly how to go from mundane to magically magnetic and manifest your best life. You can schedule your call with me and the link is in the show notes or you can leave uh, me a message on any of my social medias and I will respond to you. You are divine. You are worthy. Enough is enough. You were meant for so much more than a lackluster life. It is time to step in to your manifesting and magical self. You are worth it, babe. as you think it's going to be when you start. <laughs> That's incredible. Like really though, it's like, this is the kind of work that we need. I'm like, I wish I would have just had this and didn't do like years and years and years of talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I'm not, I hate traditional therapy. Like, I hate it. Yeah. I just hate it now. And if it works for you, it works for you, but it did not work for me. And it did not work for me for a long time. It's that, like that for most people. Like, I'm trained in that as well. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's trauma reinforcing Mm -hmm. and again it's all about keeping the client coming and paying the money and being under the control and thinking and feeling what they're taught to and told to it's 
never about healing. Mm -hmm. Never about wellness. Mm -hmm. You know, that's so yeah. I so agree with that. Like when I got I got diagnosed as having bipolar uh, disorder type two. So my manic episodes are not like as you know maybe as big as some other people's. Um, I only get episodes a few times a year. But I think it was always just like, okay, you know, here's some pills. Let us know if you have something. And I was like, okay, sick. Like, that's awesome. And then it wasn't until, you know, I really did like spiritual work and deep work that now if I get them, it's like, okay, cool. I'm like, oh, I, I, I know this is coming. Oh, I feel excited. Oh, I'm going to have energy to like write a book. Yes. And now I'm doing that instead of like having sex with a stranger, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, exactly. Well, like, oh, there are so many dis- disorders, you know, the quotation marks and illnesses and all of these things. Yeah. If we looked at the spiritual and the energetic side of things, that most of the time there would be no need to sedate people and drug them with these yeah. poisons and do more damage half the time, you know, well, more than half the time. Mm-hmm. And another, so I was, before I was diagnosed with bipolar, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And that's a disorder that literally science knows this develops because of abandonment. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. If you heard my daughter. Ooh. Mine was just going off a minute ago too. So. <laughs> like life in the time of Zoom, right? But this, he's my little guard dog. He's just, Aww. he's a good boy. Um, he's just very, very loud, but (laughs) yeah, but BPD, they literally know that it develops from abandonment and that the onset happens in the teens. So it's like when there's teens that are, we think like, oh, they're crazy. And we send them off to boot camps and like all of these things. And it's like, well, maybe they just had a sense of abandonment when they were a child. Yep. Exactly. And hey, maybe we can work on that. Maybe we can heal that. And then when they go into their adult relationships, things will be a lot easier because things were so difficult for me. I didn't know how to fight in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, that right there, that is something that needs to be taught. It's all about, you know, don't fight and avoidance and all of that. But no, you need to know how to fight. Mm-hmm. in a healthy way yeah. in a way where you can have your boundaries where you can still stand up for yourself but then in a place where you're also going to be open-minded and yeah. say okay how can I come to this with the most open mind how can I still stay true to myself and mm-hmm. do it in a peaceful and loving way exactly exactly and a lot of us just aren't taught that and it's not our parents fault right it's just really not their fault because they weren't taught it either and I'm exactly. I I truly believe that every single parent does the best that they know how or the best yeah. that they can. Yeah. Even if that parent might've been like a quote unquote bad parent, they might have still done the best that they were able to. Yeah. I don't think anybody wishes harm on their own child. Yeah. Right. So, I, but I think that's why like right now there's just such a, an awakening and I'm like, this is so great. And it's been happening for a while, you know, with like, um, the rise of the Aquarius and this just this conjunction that we just had and December 21st with Jupiter and Saturn really stepping and bringing in that full Aquarian energy with new ideas, new thoughts, new energy. Mm-hmm. And 
having that feminine, the divine feminine rising as well. Yes. Oh, I just got goosebumps. It's so exciting. <laughs> it's so thrilling. And it's so, it's so exciting to like, you know, every week I have someone on my podcast who's like so aligned in this. And I had no idea that I like, I'm like, this is spreading like wildfire and this is good. Mm-hmm. Like people are waking up and saying, oh, this isn't right. Oh, you know, there's some trauma that I need to deal with. Not just, just let's do talk therapy and let's just talk it out and reaffirm the trauma and, and reaffirm that identity within us that, okay. You know, like yeah, I had come to a place where I thought I was never going to get better. I was never going to be healed. I came to a place and said, okay, you know what? Depression. I like remember having a conversation with like literally with my depression and I said, depression, I'm never going to get rid of you. So I need to be friends with you and we need to learn how to do this together because I'm not, I'm not going to live a life without you. So if I'm going to live, we need to, you, we got to do a give and take here. And I like just settled and compromised my life so much to a point where I was just okay. And I think that so many of us do that because we don't know a way out. We don't know that there's a way to heal. Mm-hmm. That was my, that was my experience. And then when I realized like, okay, you know what, enough is enough. I need to, I need to heal. And then when I healed, it was so quick. Yeah. And then, you know, there's always like things that you can heal and heal and heal. But I also have this philosophy where it's like, you don't always need to be reading the books that tell you, you can't like, mm-hmm. everybody's got these stories. We all have trauma. We all have this. And yes, you know, I think when something needs to heal, you need to heal that but also, you know, start reading the books that tell you like, oh yeah, right. I'm so fucking amazing. Oh yeah. Remember I killed it at this time. Remember that day I looked so good. Like remember those stories. Remember when I was so brave and I went traveling by myself, like, oh my gosh, remember I moved to that city by myself and oh, wow. You're so, you're fearless. You're brave. And you start focusing on those things in your life. Like, it's just all about the shift, but it's really hard to start focusing on those good things in your life if you haven't healed a lot of the other things. Exactly. And if you are, you know, doing this talk therapy and you're just constantly talking about all the negatives, all the bad things, all the problems, and, you know, you're having it drummed into you, these labels and there's something wrong with you and you have a problem and a disorder. And how are you supposed to focus on the positive mm-hmm. and you know the what you are wanting to achieve if you just so focus on that absolutely so, yeah. I agree with you I agree with you because when I was diagnosed with all these things I felt like a crazy person mm-hmm. I felt like I was crazy and I was like and that you know that was when I my depression got really really bad after I got diagnosed like I was like I was doing okay I was sleeping a lot but I wasn't like trying to kill myself. <laughs> and then, and then I got on antidepressants and then, you know, all of these things. And I was like, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really hard to focus on the good when I was like, oh, this is what you are. This is what you're labeled. This is what you're going to be for the rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah. That's so sad. It's well, it's infuriating really. That's, That's the word. What happened? That is what happens. That is absolutely, absolutely. 
So, okay, Alessandro, if someone, you know, someone comes to you and you're like, they're like, hey, I'm so depressed. What do I do? What do you start doing? What do you start doing with that person? Well, you know, first, of course, I want to get a little bit more of the story. But at that point, I don't want to be triggering and bringing up traumas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll, I'll just try and, first of all, let them know that they are safe and that it is okay um, and just sort of let things flow and ask them what what they want to talk about. And if they don't know, if they need prompting, then I, I will guide them sort of thing. But I guess being... Um, intuitive I can sort of tell if I'm not going in the right direction or if it's going to be bringing up some you know difficult things and that sort of thing so I just sort of try and keep it a little bit light but also get more of an idea of what we need to do um, and I have all different exercises like you know we do some meditation and mindfulness and go through some different techniques and I will send them energy um, like I have a process where I, I surround people with higher vibrational energy so that they feel you know safe and loved mm -hmm. and it, it kind of helps them to be able to talk about things and let me know what I need to help with without them having that fear and anxiety and bringing up all those awful feelings you mm -hmm. know so how do you do that? Do you just, cause I know, especially with, you know, COVID, we don't have face-to-face -face things. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? And I mean, I might get it, but like, yeah. Can you explain that, how that really works, sending out those, that energy and that frequency so that they actually feel that around them? Yeah. Um, well, it's the same as distance healing and everything. I, I connect with their energy long distance. Um, often it's like uh, what we're doing now via zoom so we can sort of see each other but we're not in the same room um mm -hmm. but yeah i'm just projecting i guess so i don't even know how to put it into words i just do it um but yeah i just i connect with that energy i send out um like tendrils and, and cords and things um that will connect to them and just project what I want to project I connect with them psychically and so on sort of yeah I don't know I've actually never had to explain that before, so. <laughs> well I think it's good to explain it because there's so much distant healing that happens right now yeah yeah and you know Reiki from a distance I remember thinking like well how the hell is that going to work because I love going to Reiki I have my practitioner practitioner back yeah. uh, back home and sometimes I like I was in a place where it was the only time I could get rest Yeah, was when I'd go for my Reiki. Like I didn't get rest when I slept because my sleep was never, um, I don't know how to explain it, but I was never a deep sleep. And I was always like, everything would wake me up. And that was the only time I just was like, I was just out. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what you do, but like it's working. So I was like, how does this work from, you know, I'm like, I get it in my, in my heart. Like in my heart, yes. I get it. I'm like, we're sending that energy to that person. And I find that so amazing how that's how energy works. And that's really just such a sign that we really are all connected in yes. such a way that I can tap into your energy and you can tap into mine. 
Yeah, exactly. And it really does. It transcends time and space. And, you know, it's in reality, it's not linear, you know, so everything is sort of all connected and we've got all these other realms that intersect each other and you know like we, we don't want to go too scientific and into it and blow people's minds right now but yeah it, it is really amazing when you look into it and study it and how it all works and yeah it's just amazing it's fascinating <laughs> absolutely fascinating so i want to talk to you about your practices in witchcraft how yeah. do you do spell work? What yeah. kind of things that you do? I'm, I'm a big crystal person. I love the tarot. So tell me, what, is, what do you do? What do you love the most? What is Alessandra Moon? Okay. Well, my, uh, I, love, I love group rituals. So um, especially with beginners, it just, I get so much joy out of bringing new people in and being able to teach them and have them involved in a group ritual and see the magic and see the fire dancing and doing all these incredible things um, and having that experience for the first time, seeing their eyes light up. But um, yeah, I, I love working with the moon. Um, so I do a lot of full moon and new moon rituals. Um, I always do healing at that time as well. So I have a healing altar. Do you do healing at both times of the new moon and the full moon or do you just do it at yeah. like, okay. No, at both. Um, but it depends what kind of, um, what kind of healing is needed at that time. You know, if it's um, releasing, if it's, um, you know, things on attracting health, bringing in like renewal, um, sort of thing or if I'm trying to get rid of an illness a disease um you know and there are also like the waning moon the waxing moon like I do do work at those times as well but I just sort of incorporate the healing at the full and new moon because I'm always doing something then so I just you know it works and so what kind what what tools do you use um oh, my affirme so my ceremonial dagger of course um for directing energy not for sacrificing anyone or anything <laughs> um but yeah so that's the directing energy and casting the circle i've got my wands and my crystal wands and my cauldrons i love the cauldrons <laughs> um yeah of course candles and chalice and it, it all depends on what I'm doing but there's always the pentacle the chalice the athame and the wand um, and the cauldron to represent the elements and the directions and the quarters that's amazing so what what do you use to represent the elements I know we you know that we have the air water earth fire yes so um oh and the sensor so the incense sensor with my charcoal and my incense lamps for air um the chalice and the cauldron for water or goblet um, some people call the chalice the goblet um so the cauldron is also fire because that's where i will put my fire so you know methylated spirits and light the fire which goes in the center of the circle during the ritual um and that creates the cone of power. So the fire will rise and start to spiral as energy builds. 
Um, SMA and Wand are, um, they're also air and fire, but some people say that um, Athame is fire because it's made in fire and others say mm-hmm. it's air. I use it for air. Um, okay. For fire. Um, and pentacle for earth. Um, and I also use crystals and things like that. Um, and yeah, so I suppose you can use shells and all sorts of things to represent all the different elements. It, it depends, you know, but ultimately you don't need any tools. You don't need anything at all. All you need is yourself, your mind, and your own energy. Wow, I love that. So I'm going to close with this. Well, how, can, how can women use their own energy to create their own magic? It all comes down to your emotion. I think that is the strongest power, the strongest tool that we have. Um, so, you know, meditating and keeping your emotion and your thoughts focused on what you want instead of what you don't want and just keep seeing it, keep feeling it, feel the emotion of you getting what you want and just, yeah. I think that's really key. On that. It's yeah. feeling into yeah. that emotion. Yeah. Because I think if you just keep seeing it, seeing it, seeing it, and then you open your eyes and you're like, oh, I'm, I don't have it, you're putting more distance yeah. and more separation between exactly. you. Exactly. Um, you, you need to create future memories, you know? So you need to basically be in that moment, see it, feel it, live it, so that it becomes a memory and then you're bringing it into your energy field and into your reality. I love it. And I think that is really the key to manifesting. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I know you love to do your manifesting as well. So. Absolutely. I'm like manifesting queen, baby. It was yeah. really amazing. I was like going through a manifestation journal and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this was a while ago, but I was like, I manifested this house. I put in there like the next house I want my, me and my husband to live in. I was like, it needs to have um, a washer and dryer in suite. It needs to have, uh, and I was thinking, I was thinking of an apartment to be honest with you. Yeah, I was thinking of an apartment, but I was like, it needs to have a, it needs to have a big veranda. It needs to have floor to ceiling windows. I need a dishwasher, a gas stove. And I'm like, where am I going to find this place in Toronto? <laughs> and, and I ended up finding it in Belize and it was really amazing how it just like every single thing on my list came and it's funny how the, you know the universe really responds to us in ways that are not always the same way that we imagine it mm-hmm. right and I'm like okay well whenever I do eventually make my way back to Toronto after COVID chills the fuck out <laughs> you know I'm gonna have an even better place yeah exactly exactly it's always this or something better you exactly. always want to put that in there. Yeah, definitely. Because you got to leave room for the universe to work. Exactly. Because sometimes yeah. what's better for you, you don't know those better things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Okay, Alessandra, thank you so much for joining us. Um, do you want to just tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you? Um, you know, I know you have a Facebook group. And if you have anything else, I'd love yeah. to know. Okay, um, yeah, so you can go to my uh, Facebook business page, which also has links to my Facebook group um, and my Instagram and my contact details.
so it's just facebook.com slash Alessandra Psychic. Um, and yeah, obviously the group's called Power Priestess, but that's, as I said, there's links on my business page to everything. So yeah. That's perfect. And I'll add that in the show notes along with your social medias so that our listeners can find you because your work is so powerful, so necessary. Your energy is so fucking amazing. <laughs> it's just brilliant. Like I could just bask in it for hours. It's so fantastic. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're amazing. <laughs> thank you so much.